Well, are you awake yet? You know, I, uh, I want to thank Dale and, and the deacons for giving me this opportunity. Um, and uh, I'm so excited we get a new preacher, what, in a couple of weeks? Yeah. I, I thought about that a lot as I was preparing this, and I, and I thought, well, I better add something about what I think about a new preacher. Okay? You know what the Great Commission is, don't you? you know, go and teach. What the Great Commission does not say is hire yourself a guy, sit back, fold your arms, and let him do all the work. Okay, we're all in this together. We are a family. When you were born again, you were saved by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. You weren't just joining a group. You were adopted into a family. And we're all in this together, right? I see my family out there, a lot of them. And uh, it, it, it does my heart good to have, have everybody here. Today, I, I thought about... Uh, we were so fortunate to have Brother L.D. Campbell for a period of time and Brother John filling in. And, and they all had such great organization. And I thought about Brother L.D. because everybody liked what he did. And, and what he would do was what we were trained to do when we, we, we do training. That is, tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them. And tell them what you told them. Now, that's pretty simple, isn't it? He usually had two or three points. I've got about 12, but that's okay. But sometimes he started out with a corny joke. And I said, I could do that. So I'm going to tell this one. And if you've heard it before, please don't tell the punchline, okay? Uh, my wife does that to me, and it just aggravates me. But, or she, she gets disgusted with me, and that, that, that's to be expected, I guess. But anyway, there was this old couple. They'd been together a long time. They raised their family, and they, they, they spent a lot of time together, and they both loved to play golf. And they had played 18 holes of golf, and they had, they had finished up, and they were, went to the clubhouse. They sat down and had a glass of iced tea together, and they were talking about things. And finally it came up. She asked him. She said, she called him by name. I'll, let's call him Henry. She said, Henry, if I die first, will you get married again? He said, oh, I don't want to talk about that. That's terrible. She said, no, she, I want you to be happy. Let me know. If I die first, would you get married again? He said, well, yeah, I suppose I would. And she said, oh. She said, would you take her to our house? And he said, well, yeah, I, I, don't, I like our house. I don't see any reason to sell it. Yeah, I, I'd let her live in our house. Would you let her sleep in our bed? Well, yeah, I suppose I would. suppose I would. Yeah, that sounds like, that sounds... Oh, but Henry, you wouldn't let her use my golf clubs, would you? Of course not. She's left-handed. <laughs> In other words, he'd already picked her out. <laughs> Bow with me now as we, as we go into the message. Father, we pray that your spirit would fill this place this day. A spirit of joy, a spirit of love, a spirit of family. But most of all, your spirit of salvation, Lord, that that you would move in the hearts of these people, that you would take what they hear from your word today and let it live with them the rest of their lives, Lord. Let it fill their lives with your spirit. Keep them always in your will. We praise you, Lord, for what you've done for us. We praise you for this church family and the joy and the fellowship that we share, Lord. We thank you so much for all the good things you give us. Now go with us as we go forward. Be with me. Help me, guide me. 
In Jesus' blessed name and all of God's people say, Amen. Today's message I want to talk about is called Walking in the Spirit. Now, I don't do the, the stuff, so you'll just have to take my word for it or you follow along. Now, I'm in a, in a new NIV, and it may not match yours, so I'm going to read the Scripture, and then we're going to talk about it. In, uh, in the Gospel of John, in the 14th chapter, starting in the 15th verse, it says, If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it does not know him. But you know him, for he lives with you, and he lives in you. I will not leave you as orphans, Jesus said. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me because I live in you. You will also live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. What we're talking about here is the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit's not preached a lot in churches, and there's a reason for that. It's complicated. The Trinity, we all think we understand the Trinity. You know, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Used to, the old King James used to say the Holy Ghost, and that kind of scared young people, so they changed it to Spirit. But the Holy Spirit of the living God lives. He's always lived. When I think about uh, when I was a boy, I, I, I was a, the occasion of my birth was a, was a great celebration in the family because my father was just about 40 years old. He was the youngest of all his brothers, and none of them had any boys. So my Uncle D.B., which was the oldest, he, he was scared to death that the wood name was going to die out. Brothers, it's okay. <laughs> We've taken care of that. But when I was a boy, when I was born, they named me, yeah, that's right, Zach, after my father, Harry, and after the king of Israel, David. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, tried to learn all I could about King David because they called me David all my life. And and uh, until I got in college, and then they, they, they were calling roll, and they said, Wood, Harry, and I thought, well, who is that guy? But and I finally figured out i got to use that name some. But King David, if you look back in Samuel, and I'm not going to go there, I'm just going to tell you what happened. King David, as he reestablished his kingdom there and, and, and cleaned up the mess that Saul had left, he brought back the Ark of the Covenant. And he put it in the center of the tabernacle. Now, the tabernacle is another word for a big tent. And that is so all the people could see the ark, which represented the presence and the spirit of God in this world. You see, they didn't talk much about the Holy Spirit, although the Holy Spirit has always existed. It's always been there from the very beginning. It's part of God. We don't understand that. And I don't expect to explain it today because I don't understand it well enough. But I know that he's real. It said that David sang and danced. Now we're not going to dance. Well, we did have one little. Did you see that? Some of you, you, you up front didn't see that. We had a little when we was doing that. We had a little guy back there dancing away, and he was he was liking it, wasn't he? <laughs> well, it said David sang praises to the Lord for the presence of the God had returned 
to Jerusalem, to Israel. But if we go forward a little bit, what happened? Well, Solomon built the temple, as you all well know. Now, understanding what the temple is, those of you there, some of you have been there, but it's gone. Okay, Jesus told us it'd be gone. Not one stone left on the other. But the temple was not like a church like this. It was huge, covered the whole mountain, and it had the outer courtyard where people gathered. Then it had the inner sanctum there where the, the drags like me would stand around. And then the really important people, unlike a Baptist church where the really important people try to sit in the back, they were up front. And in the front of all of that, there was this room called the Holy of Holies. Now, that was a room, of, uh, we guess, about 15 feet. And the reason we'd guess, they didn't have tape measures back in those days. They used cubits. And everybody's is different, you know. Shaq would have been great big, mine not so big. But we, we guessed that it was about 15 feet wide and about 15 feet high and about 15 feet deep. In front of that Holy of Holies was a curtain called the veil, okay? Now, inside was the Ark of the Covenant and Aaron's rod and some other religious of the menorah and some of the things, and only the chief priest was allowed to go in at certain prescribed times. And when he went in, the Bible says, they tied a cord around his leg. In case he died while he's in there, they could pull him back out because they separated the Spirit of God from the people and the religious leaders tried to intercede, you know. It's like relying on somebody to tell you everything without reading the book yourself. It don't work that good. Moving forward again to Jesus' time, what happened? I, I love the story because it shows such great majesty about the crucifixion and the resurrection as in Matthew's gospel. In Matthew 27, it talks about what happened. Jesus is on the cross. The chief priest comes by and it says, wagging his head and say, he saved others, he can't save himself. Let me tell you something, friends. He didn't, cope. he didn't go to that cross to save himself. He went to that cross to save us, me and you. But that's not the end of the story. The Bible says the sky turned black, dark. And when Jesus finally gave up the spirit, he said, it is finished. And at that very moment, the earth shook. Rocks split open. The dead saints came forward from the graves and visited people in the towns. And most importantly, the veil of the temple was split from top to bottom. Split from top to bottom, signifying the departure of the spirit of God from that place. And where did it go? Where is the Spirit of God today? It's in the hearts of the cleansed believer. You have, if you're a born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have this Holy Spirit within you. What you choose to do with that is up to you. you God gives you free will. You know, we make wrong choices. I've made a lot of wrong choices in my life, and you don't have to confess. I know you have too because we're all the same. We all fail at times. But the Holy Spirit is there. Jesus called it the helper, or, or one version calls it the comforter. Another version calls it the counselor. He is all of that and much more. When we think about the Holy Spirit in us, we wonder, why do I do so many dumb things? Paul said, 
I do the things I shouldn't do, and the things I should do, I don't do. Why is that? Well, there are two powers in this world, and I'm going to turn over to Galatians chapter 5 now, and I'm going to read you what Paul said here. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of, the, of your sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. They are in conflict with each other. They are there, and so you do not always do what you want. But if you walk in the Spirit, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law of condemnation. In other words, the Spirit of the living God came into you when you accepted Jesus as your Savior. But you still muddle through life trying to do it on your own, don't you? Well, I do. I mean, that's the way, that's, that's our sinful nature. We, you, do you ever wonder why you don't have to teach a kid to be good, bad? They just get that naturally. But you got to train them how to be good, right? Yeah, that's just the way it is. We're all that way. That's because Satan is at work all the time. There is, as surely as there is a spirit of good, there's a spirit of evil. And that spirit of evil is talking to you. It's telling you, do this, do that. And sometimes we're listening to it. All of us. Don't, don't look at me like, well, Dave, you must be horrible. I'm not like that. We all like that. We all like that. I, I referred back, you know, one time I was sitting here in church and Brother John was preaching and he talked about the simplicity of salvation. And I thought, man, that's, that's right. You know, so many preachers today try to complicate things, try to tell you, well, you know, you got to do this and you got to do that. No, all you got to do is accept Jesus Christ for who he is, the son of the living God who went to the cross and died for your sins and on the third day rose. You got to believe that. That's the B, A, B, believe in your heart that he is Lord and confess with your mouth, A, B, C. Simple as that. If you do that and pray that prayer and you believe and you have the faith, he has the will to save you. He will save you. And when you are saved, you receive God's Holy Spirit to guide your life. Now, if you choose to go muddling through on your own, which most of us do, you're going to trip and fall here and there. You're going to have your days that, you, that are not so good. But I will tell you that it's a lot better to walk in the Spirit than it is to walk in the flesh. Because Satan will tell you this is good, and you think, well, that doesn't sound too bad. I'll do that. Next thing you know, you're doing more. Next thing you know, you're slipping a little farther away. And the Spirit is yelling at you inside, but it's like a whisper. You don't hear it. I tell you, when you look around this sanctuary and say, man, this is pretty nice. This is not what I wanted. This is not what I wanted. I, I spoke my peace when the time came. And I went home and I prayed, Lord, why don't those people listen to me? And the Spirit said to me, why don't you listen to those people? And I decided, I'm the one that's out of step here. And I resolved right then and there to make an about face and do what I could to help the plan. You know, you may not always agree with what the preacher says, but you're part of the family, and you need to pull together as a family. You know, a family that pulls against itself is like a house divided against itself. It will struggle with everything in this world. We have a young preacher coming in. He's going to need your help. 
He's he's young. He hasn't pastored, right? He's new. Uh, he's going to have a learning curve. You know, don't get all up in arms and think, well, that guy, I wish we'd have got somebody else or anything. Help him. Pray for him. Be with him. Support him. Encourage him. Because if you leave it up to him, he's not got much of a chance. It's up to us. Be part of the part of the winning team. Be part of the, the team that God wants you on. And that is the team that pulls together. When you listen to the Spirit, it changes your mindset. I looked over in, uh, in Colossians, and I'll turn there right now if you give me a moment. And it said, well, I don't know if I marked that one or not. Oh, I won't find it. I'm not going to find it. But anyway, I'll tell you what it said. It said, what we think governs our actions. What we think governs our actions. If we are suppressing the spirit that is within us, if we're not walking in the spirit, we're going to be thinking wrong because what's it say? The other spirit is in opposition, conflict with the spirit of God. It doesn't want you to do right. It doesn't want you to talk to that person that might need your help. It doesn't want you to do the things you should be doing, so you do the things that you shouldn't do. Charles Stanley said, what you think governs your actions. If you sow an action, you reap a habit. If you develop that habit, it causes a change. When you make that change in your life, it changes your destiny. I used to tell my boys this, and I, and I hope they remember this. Think about where you want to be and do the things that get you there. If, you're, if you say, I want to be a great banjo picker, but you never pick it up, you're not going to be a great banjo picker. If you say, I want to be this or that, whatever it is, you have to do the, put in the work to get to where you want to go. So it starts in here, controlling your mind. Your mindset controls how you act every day. If you get up in a bad mood, and I've done that, no amens back there, I, I've gotten up feeling like, man, this, this ain't going to work. This, I got too much to do and not enough time and, and nobody cares and it's going to be a bad day. It's going to be a bad day. But if you get up with the idea and you say, Lord, help me through this day and listen to the spirit that's within you, it'll be a good day. I promise you that. When you develop that change in your life, that your attitude changes, it can be bad but it can be good. You know, when we think about the news today and we, we, we see uh, what's on the TV and, and it's kind of changed from my day. Back, back in the day when Walter Cronkite brought you the evening news on CBS, it was always bad. You know, bad, news is bad. The news has been bad forever. Uh, but he didn't try to blame somebody for it. Nowadays, we're mad. We're all mad, all the time mad because it's somebody's fault that this is going wrong. Hey, the news is good. The word gospel means good news. The good news of Jesus Christ hasn't changed from the time I was born and before until I die and I'm long gone. The gospel of Jesus Christ is always going to be the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's always going to be good news, and that is you can escape this trouble of this world if you accept Him. You see, I don't want to be on the sinking ship 
I want to be on the train to glory. Yeah. I, I, they ain't built a railroad track to Hawaii yet, so I ain't going. But uh, <laughs> I don't want to fail in my life to have a happy life. And I have determined and figured out after all of these years, these many long years that I've been here, whew, these many long years that I've been here, that it's up to me. It's up to me to listen to that spirit, walk in that spirit, live in that spirit every day, and it will keep you from saying the things that make other people mad at you. You know, uh, all of us married men, we, we realize that we got to watch what we say to our wives. Man, I mess up a lot. And uh, uh, please, but I try never to say the few things to discourage, to complain, to say the things that that Satan wants me to say, so that he can drive a wedge between us. I try to say the things that are good, and I have found that that makes me happier. I don't know how it's working on her yet, but but it makes me happier to know that I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do. When I, when I went through this whole message, I, I had three points and, and I, I kept doing it and doing it. And I said, man, it's too long. I, I want to promise you right now that by noon, we're going to get out of here. Okay. Unless the spirit moves. I want to tell you a story. I hope I can tell you the story because it, it long time ago, when I was just a young fella, that it was a long time ago, I had a little boy named Aaron. And Aaron was born with a atrial septal defect, which is a hole between the upper two chambers of his heart. And what happens when you have that problem is the more you exert yourself, the more tired you get because the blood doesn't go to your body. It just short cycles from the lungs to the heart to the lungs to the heart. And I took him to a cardiologist in Louisville. And fortunately, and I prayed a lot, one of the world-renowned heart surgeons was there, Dr. Alan Lansing. You may have heard the word, the name. And on top of that, one of the top surgeons, the heart surgeons from Europe was there, a fellow by the name of Roland Girardi. I'll never forget those guys because they were such wonderful people. And they encouraged me to have this, have him have this surgery because the prognosis of his life wasn't so good if he didn't have it. Well, I told you all that to tell you this. He had the surgery and the doctor said it was very successful and everything was going to be okay and he, he would have a normal life. So me and my parents and a few other people were in the recovery room as Aaron, and he was about this big, okay, little guy. And you parents can, can empathize with that. And my mom was there, and you had to know my mom. She was always trying to say the right thing. Sometimes she even did. But she said, he's going to be fine. And his little head shook, no, he's not going to be fine. And the machine was fluttering there. And I said, I took him by the hand. And I said, your daddy never lies to you. You're going to be okay. And he got calm. Now, I told you that to tell you this. Your father in heaven loves you more 
any earthly dad can love their child. And that's a lot, okay? More than any earthly father can love a child, your father in heaven loves you, and he's never going to leave you. Give me a second. I didn't think I'd get through that. But uh, to make a long story short, he grew up to be about, I don't know, and he's doing fine. He's got a couple of kids of his own, uh, one more wood boy in the world, and one little girl. If God loves me more than that, I can't imagine how much that is. So my question to you today, and I hope you forgive me for my emotional problems, but my question to you today is, what are you going to do with it? Lost person, are you going to walk out of here and say, well, maybe next time? Maybe next time? Is that because there might not be a next time? Person that's been struggling, Christian that's been struggling, are you going to listen to the Spirit? Are you going to listen to that small voice inside you that tells you this? You know the Holy Spirit talks to you. You just have to listen. The Spirit of God is in you, wants to walk with you and guide your footsteps, guide your actions, help you change your mindset from a mindset of negativity, and I've been there, into a mindset of positivity that where you're going to be part of the help, part of the reason that people are saved. You can do nothing more, more important in your life than reach out to people and let them see the Father and become brothers and sisters in Christ. That's the most important mission you've got. So as we, as we enter this new era, a new preacher, we are standing at the threshold of an opportunity. We can be the best church that ever was, or we can be like some of the churches I've seen in the past. I, uh, I was in a church years ago that they got fighting over a few things, and in the end, they split. And the church had financial troubles and all kinds of things. That, and now I don't think any of them could tell you what they started to started the, dis the disagreement about. It was just accelerated because Satan was pushing it. He was pushing it. And people weren't listening to the Holy Spirit tell them, hey, pull together. You may not get your way. Hey, I don't always get my way. In fact, I seldom get my way. But do it in the faith. Do it in, in the spirit that God created you in and gives you the opportunity to serve. Today, I think I, I want to give you this challenge. What kind of church do you want? We were given by the people that went on before, and I knew some of them, didn't know all of them, a real opportunity here. This church, is, I, I can't, having been in several other churches, I can tell you there's a, there's a sense of family here that doesn't exist everywhere, Okay. We need to keep that going. We need to keep that going. But some of those saints have gone on. They've left us in charge. Be part, be part of the family. Work together with, pull together, pray together. You know, it says we all have different gifts. 
the Bible says, but the same Spirit. All have different gifts, but the same Spirit. You may never sing on the stage like the girls did with me today, but you have a gift, and you can use that gift to help the kingdom. In closing, I'm going to ask Brother Dale to come down front here, and I'm going to offer up a prayer and as the musicians come forward and we'll give an invitation. Heavenly Father, forgive me for all the things I've done wrong. Father, be with me. Be with this church. Guide our steps. Guide our thoughts. Father, if there's one here today that needs to make a decision for you, let them make it now. Father, as we celebrate together this afternoon as a family, permeate that space with your spirit. Help us to know that you love us. You're with us through all things. Guide and direct us. Keep us always in your will. And we give you the praise and the honor and the glory for it. Amen.